Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Two guys who will never win a recall election. What's up, kiddies? It's your favorite Gavin Newsom lookalikes, a.k.a. the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel Turd Ferguson Cheeseman. This is Chad, just chilling, so wash. And on this week's show, Glassdoor smells fishy, Salesforce messes with Texas, and get ready for Revenge Porn 2.0. And you thought Bitcoin was complicated. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. (laughs) Seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, Okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Nachos. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chad. I'm going to introduce a new segment called, Where is Chad in Europe? <laughs> we all know you're in Portugal, but give us the deets on what's going on with Chad this week. 
Yes, I am in a little town called Tavira, which is uh, just east of Faro, about half an hour east of Faro. If you take the train, mm-hmm. just loving it. It is old world. It is cobblestones. It has a, a river right down the middle of town. There's beach. There's great food, wine. I mean, I just, I can't get enough, man. I just can't get enough. <laughs> so I mentioned in the green room that you've gone from like happy vacationer to you've crossed over into just this zen-like state that you may never come <laughs> back from. So I'm equal parts happy and jealous that you found this this new uh, this new Chad. It's interesting. I'm willing to explore the new Chad. Applebee's misses you, though. Applebee's misses you. That's that's the problem. Yeah. And I don't miss Applebee's one fucking bit. <laughs> well, one thing you might miss is college football, uh, which is going to lead ah. me to my first shout out. Yes. I don't know if you even saw this or not, but did you see the cat at the University of Miami football game? I did not. You did not. Okay, that's why that's why I brought it up. Okay. Okay. So this the Miami Hurricanes are playing a uh-huh. big game obviously and there's there's a cat. I don't know how cats keep getting into professional sport <laughs> venues or sport <laughs> venues, but they do. They're so it's cats. a cat and it looks like it got into I don't know the luxury suite of some <laughs> you, you, uh, you alumni and yeah. it's ha- it's literally hanging like by its claw on the edge like uh, hanging on the edge, right? It's yeah. gonna fall. They can't get to it. Everyone in the stadium sees this cat hanging for its life and someone below it. I'm going to say 25 ish feet below. Mm. So I might not have killed it, but definitely would have would have injured it. Someone had an American flag and they did like the old style, like firefighters where they had the trampoline at the bottom of the, the building. So they 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 spread out this flag and the cat fell into this flag unharmed. It was magical. I, I thought you he missed it. He missed this. Big applause. Yes. We'll give we'll give big applause. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a cat guy anyway. But yes. This was this was human humanity at its best. And I wanted to, to give the shout out. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. Save the pussies. Yes, always, always. I want to give a shout out to fantasy football since we're talking about fantasy football, because uh, yeah. I blew everybody away in week one. And that's uh, it's all downhill hill from here. So I quit. That's it. I'm done. You quit. I think you've kind of quit on everything at this point, Chad. Every photo I get of you on a beach drinking wine uh, in your bathing suit tells well, me that's that you're quitting. out. Yeah, you're that's just out. Quitting. Out to lunch. Uh, yeah, we'll get to fantasy in a second. We'll, we'll okay. do the leaderboard. Um, I want to give a shout out to Taco Bell. You probably missed this one too what? over there in Europe. So. So Taco Bell is is launching its Taco Lovers subscription service. That's right. <laughs> for $10 a month, subscribers oh can pick up one taco per day for a 30-day stretch. Smart. Chad, I'm in heaven. I'm That's in heaven. smart. That's the Taco Lovers subscription. $10 a month gets you free tacos every day. So do they have a Joel Cheeseman Nacho Supreme subscription? Because I can see my you own line. I have my own line at the uh, <laughs> the drive-thru, basically. <laughs> Get the free cinnamon twist ready. <laughs> cinnamon twists. <laughs> so you love Taco Bell. Well, I love our listeners. We received a great message from Chase over at CHG Healthcare. Uh, sorry, buddy, you missed out on the fantasy football cut. But there's always next year. And yes, as soon as we start doing a live events, I promise you we'll sit down for a beer or whiskey. And that's an open invite to any of our listeners. If you want to buy us beer or whiskey at the bar, we are here for you. We will drink with you. 
that's who we are. No doubt. And you probably missed this one as well. We love our listeners and we love our sponsors. Yes. Symf- Symphony Talent sent me some brownies. I assume that there's some waiting for you at home if, you're, if your house guest hasn't eaten <laughs> them all already. So thanks for, the, uh, thanks for the sweet, Symphony. We appreciate it. Yeah, they might have. More than likely. Who knows? Who knows? Shout out to the job board doctor. This week, he uh, he validated our what the actual fuck thoughts on DHI, uh, Dice's parent company, for throwing three million at the muse. Again, a head scratcher, mm-hmm. not just for Chad and Cheese, but pretty much for everybody who is uh, who's listened to the podcast thus far. Yeah. And I think Adam Gordon, was it kind of defended the move? I'm I'm forgetting exactly who or what he said, but he's, he's drinking a lot of scotch apparently, uh, from where he is in the world. Uh, I got a couple of LinkedIn's for you, uh, since I don't think they actually make uh, any of the news stories this week. Uh Uh-uh. Number one, LinkedIn articles for pages. Yes. You've been writing articles on LinkedIn as a person, but now you can do it as a company. And I, I, this, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here, but okay. every company listening to this probably has a blog section on their company page. This is the vendor side, not necessarily the the, comp- the employers, but right. most people are writing blogs and they're emailing their their list and everything else. And And as someone who's been doing it for a long time, I can tell you that the exposure that your posts get on your own site now is shit. <laughs> in the days of like no social media, like SEO and people search shit and that you could share something and actually got exposure. Those days are gone. If, if you, if you're not publishing on the platform that you're on, if you're linking out from a post that you're sharing, you're getting about a 10th of the exposure that you would normally get if you posted on the platform. So my word of words of wisdom here is that if you are a company, a vendor that's blogging on your own site, that might be fine, but I would seriously consider posting on whatever platform you want. And let's be honest, in our in our world, LinkedIn is where everybody is. Mm-hmm. You should consider posting those articles on LinkedIn because they're going to get a lot more exposure because they're actually on LinkedIn. So if you're doing it old school, blog on your site, reconsider posting these things actually on the platform. Off my soapbox. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I, I, there, there are a couple of things here. I think that first off, it's your content, but you're giving it to them. So mm-hmm. I, you've, you've got you've got to be cognizant of that first and foremost. Second, I think there's a better way from a marketing standpoint to tease in articles on LinkedIn and then draw people back to your website. There, there are different ways to do it. Not to mention from an SEO standpoint, it doesn't hurt either, right? That having those backlinks. So don't just, I don't think it's, it's an or situation. I think it's an and situation. You don't want duplicate content. What you do is you massage it differently for LinkedIn and you make it shorter and you lead into something longer on your site. And, you know, maybe we start doing that with transcriptions, little mini transcriptions on LinkedIn, which actually bolster more site traffic for us. Maybe we'll check it out. I don't know. Yeah. Look, you you need to rethink it if you're doing it like it's 2011. (laughs) If you can play the game correctly, then you can win. But you can't just, I see too many companies that just repost a link on whatever and they're done. And if you go to their main site, there's no comments. There's no likes. I mean, you can tell there's very little engagement. So mm-hmm. just rethink your content marketing strategy. I agree. What else? What else do we have at LinkedIn? So I got another LinkedIn thing. So every every now and then I throw out a little I throw out a little poll. 
which I think are kind of fun. I, sh- I have a question. So, so you and I have been talking a lot about does a developer in, you know, Mishawaka, it, you know, does he make this, he or she make the same as someone in Minneapolis or Seattle right. or yep. so, so I, I've been kind of coming to your side of the fence on this uh-huh. that, okay, you know, if we're going to go all remote, then kind of, yeah, it's hard to post a job and say, okay, well, depending on where you are is what you're going to get paid. Um, so I threw the, I threw the question out on LinkedIn. It was basically, will a developer in rural America make yeah. the same salary as a developer in Boston or Seattle by let's say 2030? I uh, had 415 responses, which isn't bad. Not that's, too shabby. That's, that's George LaRock territory. Not in too terms shabby. Of significance. Yeah. No, that's good. So we got thir- 35% said yes, but okay. we had 65 said no. So mm-hmm. I thought that was worth mentioning that we're we're still a ways away from people accepting the, you can live anywhere and make the same salary as someone in a, a high market. Yeah. Here, here in the US, we've been conditioned to think the way that companies want us to think. I mean, we've been taking the narrative of whatever the company says as this is how life works. And we're starting to feel, I think 30% is great, to be quite frank. I mean, because we're nothing but a bunch of fucking robots at this point. Oh, you're going to pay me what? Oh, I'm so, so thank you. Thank you so much, sir. We're out of that now. We're like, fuck you. I'm going to go somewhere else, especially in this kind of market. So I think 30% is good. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to understand that, you know, we're working our way out of that you know, being conditioned by corporate America narrative. I mean, it's just, it's total bullshit. It doesn't matter where you do the work. It's the work. It's the same work. And it's about the person's value, not about where they choose to live. Enough said. Shout out to Jessica Lee. Oh, yeah. Uh, She's a long timer. She's she's been promoted to SVP of Global Talent Development at Marriott International. Big applause. But she is climbing that ladder. Go, Jess, go. And big shout out to Eric Kostelnik over at Postal.io, CEO of Postal.io. You might remember him for selling a little company to iSIMS years ago, Uh, but he just got $22 million in funding for Postal.io. So go, Eric, go. Nice. So those that don't know, Postal.io is old school direct mail, basically. I mean, there's some other pieces of it like donate into charities and stuff like that. But when he started the company, I thought that doesn't make sense on its surface. But yeah, like (laughs) direct mail, like you get so few junk mail pieces, at least I do, that you kind of pay attention to most of it. Whereas email gets filtered out, you delete it without even, you know, looking at it. So there, you know, take a look at direct mail if uh, if you've if you've not looked at that. And postal.io, you can do gifting and swag and I mm-hmm. mean there's all kinds of shit that you can send through the platform itself. So it's definitely a sales slash marketing mechanism that is in real life instead of just sending emails. Yep. And in light of uh, the email discussion, uh, a shout out to MailChimp, one of the OGs (laughs) in uh, email marketing. And they've evolved Uh into more of a platform for all things, including direct mail. Uh, Uh Intuit bought MailChimp for $12 billion uh, this week. So if if MailChimp is worth $12 billion, uh, you can do the math and consider what some recruiting companies that do the same thing are worth. Yeah. And shouldn't text recruiting be worth more than direct mail anyway, or email anyway, anyway, $12 anyway. billion is a lot of emails. So congratulations to MailChimp. 
Yep. Great. How I built this with Guy Raz podcast about MailChimp. Listen to that and it'll give some pretty great fucking context. It's it's good stuff. Tell me about free stuff. Free stuff. Well, if you haven't signed up for free shit, uh, we got T-shirts from Emissary. We got beer from Adzuna and we got whiskey from Sovereign. You need to go to chadcheese.com slash free to get that. Uh, Mm -hmm. And also while you're doing that and thinking about us, leave a review on whatever oh. podcast platform you enjoy. Yeah. It's our oxygen. Give us feedback. Let us know we're doing a good job or what you want to hear more of. Or maybe we you suck. Hate, maybe you hate these shout outs. Tell yeah. us in the review that you leave on uh, whatever <laughs> platform that you want. We'll give you a shout out. And I have a melancholy <laughs> shout out. Uh, I don't even know if you heard this one being in Portugal, but Norm McDonald, yeah. SNL fame, uh, yeah. passed away uh, this week at 61 after, I guess, 10 year. 10-year battle with with cancer. Uh, if you're wow. not familiar, we got some youngsters listening. If you haven't seen Norm McDonald's Burt Reynolds impression <laughs> of Jeopardy on SNL, on SNL? with Will oh, Ferrell yeah. is awesome. absolute awesomeness. So take a break, go to YouTube and search that and, uh, and have a good laugh on us. And then let's get into fantasy football. You touched on it there at the beginning. So uh, uh-huh. sponsored by Poach. That's an insider's deal here. Or reach around. We're playing fantasy football. Week one is in the books. Here's the leaderboard. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Number one is you heard Chad. So he's, I guess, out of the league now because he's going out on top. <laughs> Number two, we have Pete. Don't call me douchey Suchi. Number three is Christy. Don't call me Jackie Moon. Behind her is Bill Fantasy Fanning. I'm right behind Bill, which is where I love to be. Uh, next up is Chris <laughs> Got Game Cox. Miss Q is who I'm calling Chadbot Queen Quincy. Uh, she's in there after that. Uh, next up is Macon Benjamins Kuntz. After him is Jason Punter Putnam. And back in the rear, if you know what I mean, is Chris. I love Aaron Rodgers Russell, who, wow, as a virgin, picked a quarterback first, which is never a great idea. It's also not a great idea when. Your quarterback has turned into a emo uh, musician <laughs> and gets you three fantasy points in week one. So hopefully he bounces back against, I think, Detroit this week. But uh, Chris, you got nowhere else to go but up and uh, fantasy football. We're having a good time. And the best fantasy football team name goes to Pete Succi, Roy effing Kent. I love it. <laughs> you would. You are obsessed <laughs> with that show. And I'll end my segment here with birthdays. We got Lucas Roscoe. Lucas works at Factory Fix. And we got Olivia Marquette, who's basically a zygote listening to our show. She was born born in the first of the month, so we missed her. But she was born in 1999. What? And works for Lifetime Fitness. Olivia, thanks for for listening. And uh, assuming you don't know who Norm MacDonald is, make sure you go back to YouTube and watch some of those clips. Roscoe sounds like the guy has a barbecue joint and also sells used cars. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Topics. Topics. Don't call us. Go canvas.io canvas. (laughs) Yes. Canvas, the world's first derp diversity (laughs) recruitment platform announced a series C 
round of 50 million. That's right, kids. Five zero million and a 400 million valuation led by Al Ventures with participation from a little group you might know called Sequoia. Mm. Latchy Groom, uh, Zoom Apps Fund, High Sage Ventures, BAM Elevate, and Fifth Down Capital. All I got to say is derp, baby, derp. <laughs> so the grand total now is $82 million that they've raised, apparently, $400 million. Yeah. That's a shit ton of money. So they were founded back in 2017. They service companies like Lyft, Headspace, Airbnb, and Dropbox. And their play is diverse. And you also uh, should mention that they were a firing squad alumni. Uh, they were on the show. and Ben was on the show. I believe that they got uh, golf claps from both of us. Is that correct? <laughs> I, th- I know I gave them a golf clap. I know I gave yeah. them a golf so anyway, clap. We, so I mentioned the European show and we talked on the European show about sort of diversity and the globalism of diversity initiatives. I think that we tend to be a little bit short-sighted in the US. Uh, imagine that we think only of ourselves. And it was really clear mm-hmm. to me in talking to our European guys that this is a, an initiative that's global. Um, and we see money flowing into it from uh, from companies. This is legitimate sort of strategy. This isn't just lip service, uh, you know, to the Wall Street Journal. And the proof is in the budgeting, right? So money's going into these services, and as, and and as long as diversity is is legitimate and it's the real deal in terms of strategy, mm-hmm. companies that are building technologies to service diversity recruiting are going to be big winners. Uh, and clearly, Canvas um, is sort of at the, the forefront of that movement. So yeah, I, I think this is a, a space to watch. I'm sort of calling it uh, a new a new acronym, Chad. You ready for this? I'm going to call them RAD, RAD companies. <laughs> so right now, if you're, you, you, you better be remote, uh-huh. automation focused or diversity focused, RAD. You like that? So 80s. Yeah. So we're going to, yeah, we're, we're watching these RAD companies uh, for the future <laughs> because this definitely seems where where things are going. And Canvas also, I'll, I'll note that they actually own canvas.com. They just, yeah, they bought it with their last, with their last funding round. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're not my canvas, you know, dot AI or something. So like good on that. And if, uh, if um, Amon's list, Amon's listening from canvas, if he had just gotten the .com, he might've gotten 10 X what he got from job. <laughs> yeah. That's a different podcast. Doubtful Amon, doubtful, but <laughs> canvas also announced the launch of a new product, canvas diversity analytics and benchmarking already adopted by companies like Airbnb, Bloomberg, Lyft, yada, yada. But how does analytics help Canvas score 50 million? Well, guess what, kids? New SEC rules, baby. That's how. And these are 30 years in the making. Today, public companies must divulge human capital metrics considered to be material in an understanding of the company's business, including diversity and inclusion, which makes Canvas's total addressable market solid, baby. That's TAM for another acronym. Yes. Oh, my God. TAM. So, yeah, you've got the rad TAM. So, you're not just talking about budget. You're talking about force budget. SEC is going to force this shit. So the budget just exploded. Yeah. So Chad, uh, we I think we both gave them a golf clap. I think, is it fair to say that on this news, we might both go rousing applause for canvas.com at the moment? Dude, the federal government is mandating that you do this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move to another firing squad alumni. Uh, we're on, we're on fire this week. It's Chad. awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So S- Seattle-based Humanly 
I think they're humanly.io, so they got close. Uh, has landed yes. $4.2 million to help companies automate parts of the interview process. Uh, total funding to date is $5.3 million. Launched in 2018 and co-founded by former Microsoft and Tiny Pulse employee Prem Kumar. Yes, rumor has it the idea was hatched at a White Castle. Anyway... <laughs> Humanly's technology aims so to reduce the time it takes to find talent. Uh, dad jokes. That's what you get here. Yeah, dad uh, jokes. Provide a, provide a better experience for potential employees. Once a company engages with a candidate, Humanly automates repetitive conversations at the top of the funnel before a human steps in to complete the hiring process. Chad, this one got arousing applause from both of us. Uh-uh. I assume this one is no surprise to you. You're still a fan of humanly. Well, I'm a fan, but I gave him a golf clap. So in October of last oh. year, we spoke with Prem, right? The, the CEO and the dude is super smart, has industry background. And I gave him a golf clap because of one piece that he needed that I didn't think he had yet, but it was incredibly important. It was validation and that validation would be cash. Guess what, kids? <laughs> he just got it. Now he gets a big applause from me. Awesome. You just made Prim smile, I think. Yeah, I'm sure. But remember, remember, kids, we've been talking about this. Do the boring shit. Do the shit that people don't want to do and scale. Humans don't scale well, but tech does. So humanly does screening, incredibly boring. Engagement, it's not boring, but humans can't scale it well. Records check. Nobody wants to do that shit. That's boring yeah. as fuck. Employee engagement, again, scale. So what they're doing is they're looking at different areas where they can hit and they can actually go after budget because it just makes good sense, especially right now in this market when you can't find fucking recruiters. What are you going to do? You got to use tech to scale. By the way, Prim, if you haven't called up Anoop at Seekout there in Seattle, you guys should uh, hook up at a Starbucks. I think they have a few in Seattle and <laughs> have some coffee and, and talk about the things you have in common and where the future could go. Anyway, <coughs> Microsoft. <coughs> the, yeah. Yeah. You know, if Canvas is riding a wave of diversity, Humanly is another rad company as well, right? Uh, in the automation space, so mm -hmm. to me, they're 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 riding the right wave. This doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, this move to me, the question is: we've sort of seen conversational AI, or let's call it the chatbot trend, and how that played out. So you had like version 1.0, and the Mayas, the Alios, the Wade and Wendy's, etc., were all yeah. acquired. There was there was no additional funding rounds. There was no big terms disclosed. Clearance rack mode. Mostly. So does version 2.0, the human leads, the predictive hires who we've talked to out of uh, Australia, mm -hmm. the hourlies, the talk pushes, et cetera, is this wave going to catch on? And I, I feel I feel better about this wave of companies than I did about the first one. I do too, even though I did love the first ones. I, I think there's no question. You say it all the time. The pioneers get the slings and arrows, right? They, yep. they, they, they get the arrows. The thing is about this group, and that is different than the first group. The first group got so much money so fast, they were incredibly undisciplined. They were all over the place. They had no focus, and they were trying to do everything for everybody. Yeah. This group, I feel I could be fucking wrong and I hope not, but I feel these guys are more disciplined. I feel like yeah. they're, they're not going to try to please everybody and do everything, but they're going to focus and they're going to do what they do well in their lane. And I think yeah. that is key for any startup. Yeah. And Paradox did a lot of things right. But one of the things that they did particularly right was taking a little money, bootstrapping as long as they could. They yeah. didn't have sort of that downward pressure that Amaya had. 
um, and an Alio had really early. So yeah, similar, yeah. similar to how Indeed was really focused uh, and and disciplined around funding and all that good stuff. Um, speaking of Indeed, uh, let's talk about Glassdoor. Oh my God. So we actually debated whether or not to cover this one, uh, but our <laughs> listeners love a little Glassdoor banter. So here we go. Uh, Recruit Holdings, parent company to Glassdoor and Indeed, has acquired Fishbowl, uh, an app that gives users an anonymous option uh, to provide frank employee feedback as well as join interest-based conversation groups to chat about work and search for jobs. Glassdoor, which has 55 million users, is already integrating Fishbowl content into its main platform. Although Fishbowl, with its 1 million users, will also continue to now operate as a standalone app. Terms of the deal were not disclosed, shocker, uh, but Fishbowl, founded in 2016, has raised around $8 million. Uh, TechCrunch said integrating Fishbowl into Glassdoor could attract, quote, a population of users out there looking for a new kind of LinkedIn, end quote. Chad, you tried out Fishbowl. You're not a fan. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's horrible. I also think it's pretty much akin to the employer forums that we had back in the day where shit just went crazy. I mean, because mm-hmm. there, there are anonymous con- comments that can happen. So what you're doing is if you start to if, if LinkedIn starts to add this kind of chaos to their platform, uh, they, they say that they're not. They're going to run it separately. But if they start to add this kind of chaos to their platform, it's just going to blow it up. It makes no sense. To me, I would add this one to the list for pos- for possibly winning a Darwin Award for acquisitions for, for Glassdoor. This is just fucking stupid. <laughs> All right. So we talked about uh, Dice giving uh, <laughs> Dice giving the Muse $3 million last week. And now we yeah. have this news. Which is the worst move by a company, Dice or Glassdoor? That's a hard one. That's a hard one. Obviously, you didn't <laughs> you ask me this before. Tag. You don't know the price yeah. tag of Fishbowl, so that's that's hard to answer without. Yeah, I'm going that. to have to say I, I'm going to have to say it's a draw. These are both some of the stupidest moves that I can see from either side. DHI with the Muse. I, Adam Gordon might think this is smart. I think he's going nuts. Uh, <laughs> and then and then when we're talking about Fishbowl adding the pro, the possibility of chaos into a system right now, LinkedIn, which already has enough chaos in it as it is, but there are names attached to it. So therefore, it's kind of managed chaos, right? Uh, so I think equally stupid. I, I don't like either one of these moves. <laughs> so so here's my take. So inter- it, isn't it interesting how Indeed isn't mentioned at all uh, benefiting from this deal? This was a recruit holdings acquisition, although yeah. they, they chose to spun it as a glass door thing to the media. Um, so recruit... Recruit dropped $1.2 billion for Glassdoor in 2018. Yeah. And the platform is, I think, losing market share. Uh, Easily. Not only companies like Blind, um, you know, ZipRecruiter Zip partnering with Comparably, which we talked about, that's going to that's gonna inject some energy into that company. Um, and more and more, even social media sites like TikTok, I mean, where is where people are sounding off um, about, about their company. But to me, like small bets like this, probably makes sense for them. Um, you know, while you still have 55 million engaged users, you might as well add some tech uh, that might energize them. Um, and if you can bring on maybe some fresh development blood, um, that's okay too, because I think since the acquisition uh, innovation at Glassdoor has pretty much died. Um, so if this can help that, 
um, then that's nice. But why don't they just fucking buy it for Chan? They should just buy for Chan. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Seriously, this is the same shit. This is just it's anonymous chaos. It's stupid. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Hail Mary. <laughs> let's let's take the football themes this week. Okay, uh, let's take a quick break. Get into some battle bots, I guess. ATS versus, versus bots. We'll be we'll be right back. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent. Build great teams and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com. We talked last week about recruitment automation and uh, there's been a discussion that's been a running rampant through recruiting circles about the ATS not being able to auto-reject someone. Hmm. Now, here's where those two things collide. Us talking about it and recruiters talking about it as well. Our buddy Mason Wong, who is is in recruiting over at, at Lyft, had a tweet thread that was 18 tweets long that started out like this. Quote, thread, a recent Harvard study about hidden talent is reframed by The Verge as a automation mistakenly, mistakenly rejecting millions, then echoed by Joel Cheeseman and Chad Sowash as how some systems automatically reject candidates. This perpetuates a myth that needs some clearing up. Mm-hmm. There are 17 other tweets after that. But first and foremost, These Mason- These are tweets, not you- comments, just to clear that up. These are like yes. 17 in a row that Mason put. Okay. A thread. So first and foremost, Mason, love you, brother. But remember, we actually made fun of the Harvard study. It was a bumbling attempt to gain our attention, which it did because of the Verge article. So I guess the mission accomplished. But at no time did we perpetuate a myth. And let's say, well, I guess unless you're part of the throngs of recruiters who are saying that the ATS doesn't reject candidates, which is a rabbit hole that sends you back to the fucking 1990s, for fuck's sake. I, I really believe we should stop this old fashioned talk about ATS because we live in a world of tech stack. Within that world are varying degrees of tech and capabilities. For instance, iSIMS acquired opening.io. A matching system that could easily screen qualified candidates out or in. Paradox and talk push are evolving into systems that really can't be called an ATS. But can they screen candidates in and out? Yes, they fucking can. Humanly, 
could quite possibly be in that same bucket of new and evolving tech. Hell, Canvas trademarked DRP, DERP, because they are more evolved and they do not want to be labeled as an ATS, right? So my point Mm -hmm. is that this entire discussion is a false narrative. We've moved past the ATS as we knew it a decade ago, and we're now looking down the barrel of a multitude of variations in a tech stack. I can't believe I'm saying this, but <laughs> companies like Paradox, TalkPush, iSims, Jobvite, Humanly, and even the Derp Canvas, they need to be labeled as something more than an ATS, something yeah. like a core talent platform. So you had an acronym, now I have an acronym, a CTP, a core talent platform, a term that allows evolution and stupid diversionary conversations like this are rendered null and void. We've got to evolve as the tech has because our brains haven't. We're having the same conversations we had 10 years ago. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you and I being old guys, you know, we remember the days of newspaper ads and transitioning over to the internet. And part of that was price. Part of it was, uh, you know, more content or more, you know, you could put more in a job description online than you can in a five line ad in a newspaper. But what really drove the transition was the user. Job seekers, particularly tech job seekers at the time uh, that were really in high demand, were online. So to connect with them, to have something online made a lot of sense. So companies started to transition over to the internet. Well, if I can put a job on a job board, I can also create my own job board uh, on my own website. So all these corporations figured out, oh, I can have my own job site. And this thing called an ATS will allow me to post jobs, take applicants, manage them, et cetera. And for 20, 20, 25 years, we've never really questioned that dynamic. I remember talking to uh, a CEO of a, a chat bot early on in, in, this, uh, in this evolution and asking the question like, okay, at what point does the candidate go into the ATS? And the answer was, it doesn't yet. And mm-hmm. does it really have to? Mm-hmm. And right. I thought about that for a second. I thought, well, I guess it it doesn't. I mean, if you're if you're gathering the information, it goes into a database that's searchable, it's et cetera. It doesn't have to necessarily be an ATS. It can be this chat solution. So as as I've come to see this and companies yeah. and companies do it, I think, holy shit, this is becoming the next platform for hiring people. And as I look at the latest video from Paradox, uh-huh. uh, and I encourage listeners to go check this out. It's literally I'm asking about, uh, you know, maternity leave or parental benefits and, you know, windows pop out from the chat bot or chat window with videos that I can go like look at a video and I can actually go see locations and view the, the office virtually. And like so. So this whole thing is going from, oh, I'm chatting and here's my name and here's my date of birth and upload a resume to like I can actually customize what I want to know. And it serves it to me as I ask these questions. And I think it's pretty, pretty interesting, uh, pretty miraculous how we've seen this evolve. I think you and I are on board of saying like, this could be the future. And in 10 years, it may be what job search looks like. So there are so many different layers and you talked about conversational AI, but within that conversational AI, there's also a lot of parsing that happens. There's Mm -hmm. also a lot of matching that happens. There's also a lot of intelligence and contextual information that 
is pulled together to make sure that you're having the right type of conversation. And throughout that entire process, Mason and all you recruiters out there, guess what? Yes, decisions are being made. It's the humans setting bullshit and stupid parameters. For an example, look at job descriptions and requirements that are out there. The robots only take those decisions that horrible data that humans have already made, those decisions that humans have already made, and they provide scale. That's how this works. So to say that, well, the ATS doesn't make the decision. Okay, let's talk about the tech stack. And let's start talking Mm -hmm. about a core talent platform that is a stack of tech where guess what, kids? The humans are making the decisions at scale through algorithms. Yeah. This is not 1999. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about the scheduling piece, the onboarding piece, like from, from cradle to grave, so to speak, uh, a conversational AI can take a candidate through the whole process. It's really fascinating. Well, Chad, moving on, worlds are colliding. Yes. Politics and business are engaged like I've never seen, and it's going beyond what our Super Bowl ads say. This time, Salesforce and its, let's call him combative CEO, Mark Binioff, are telling employees in Texas, where a very conservative anti-abortion law or strong pro-life law, depending on what side you're on, has been enacted that they'll uh they've agreed to relocate staffers based in texas who have concerns about their reproductive health ohana this is a quote from benioff ohana if you want to move we'll help you exit texas your choice ohana is hawaiian for family uh our our own home state indiana where salesforce's name is on the tallest building in downtown indy yep could benefit right Yeah, in 2015, Indy got slapped by Salesforce for making some stupid mm-hmm. fucking decisions, some religious uh, decisions. And Mark Benioff said, look, we're going to pull money out of your fucking state if you don't start changing your shit. But, you know, we have to understand that not all companies will react this way. And as an employee, you have to make a decision. Do they fit within your moral and ethical beliefs or mm-hmm. not? So if you're looking for a non-action type of organization, well, Salesforce probably isn't the place for you. But there are companies that are going to stand for something, which is, you know, what I believe turns brands to be into iconic brands, Mm -hmm. uh, while others pretty much find a corner, get in the fetal position and wait for the whole storm of stupid to pass. Uh, We did also see Uber and Lyft set up legal defense funds to cover uh, attorney fees if drivers get entangled with Texas's new tattletale law around anti-abortion. So the people in Texas who live in Texas who don't believe in what is happening and they believe in the right to their own body, they're going to leave. And I hope they do in droves. So that actually shows the state they're going to lose workforce. Help. Mm-hmm. We can't even get females back to work right now. Do you think this is going to help? So just out of curiosity, I wondered where else in Salesforce, at least in North America, uh, an employee in Dallas, Texas, is which is where they are in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, could go to. Uh, alternatives include Atlanta, Chicago, D.C., our own Indianapolis, Boston, New York City, San Francisco, or as labeled on their website, Canada. (laughs) So you kind of have to dig into Canada to see exactly where in Canada they treat it like it's just one big state. 
but oh, it's yeah. basically Toronto, Halifax, or or Vancouver. Anyway, um, all Canada. of those potentially sound better to me than Dallas, Texas. But anyway, yeah, you mentioned 2015, so you and I sort of sort of saw this firsthand in Indianapolis, uh, which was basically a law. Um, that businesses could turn away customers based on their sexual preference. Right. Salesforce, in addition to a lot of other big companies here in the area, I think Angie's List, Eli Lilly, um, there are quite a few, particularly tech uh, tech businesses that, re- yeah, Cummins was in there, that, that took a stand and uh, Salesforce actually canceled their sales event or their company event that was to take place the next year and, and took it somewhere else. And the impact was that the law was actually amended, although maybe not as strongly as some others had hoped, but the law was amended based on a lot of the pushback. So the question is, is Texas, Indiana? No. <laughs> no. no. Not only culturally, but also just by population size. Yeah. So it's obviously, it's a great stand to take. How many will take him up on this? I don't know. There's also a nice little PR piece of this, uh, that he gets, he's going to get headlines, you know, for doing something like this. It's a great recruiting statement. It's a great retention tool as well. So, I mean, it's part marketing is great, but, but companies that believe in this stuff can actually make a difference. There's going to, there's going to need to be a lot more in Texas to make a difference, but yeah. it can happen. And it probably will move a few employees to reconsider, uh, the state they live in if their company is willing to relocate them, which is pretty expensive, by the way, to a, to a different location. So, uh, you know, I applaud the move on a lot of different levels. Uh, I'd like to see a lot more companies be political. I don't have a problem with companies being political, frankly. There was a time where it, they yeah. wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole, but yeah. those days are gone. Well, you have the companies who want to be, they want to stand for something. You totally get yeah. that. And then you have the companies like Basecamp who just don't. By the way, Texans, Torchy's Tacos is now in Indiana. So if you need a reason, <laughs> who knows, Whataburger might be here next. I don't know. I don't know. People didn't leave the U.S. in mass to Canada when Trump got elected. I don't know if they'll be leaving Texas in mass because of this either. It took a few years, but I'm in Portugal right now, so I don't know. Good point. Good point. (laughs) Let's take another break and uh, get creepy on your ass. Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. All right, Chad, this one's from MIT. So it's pretty legit. Uh, A a disturbing new... This is going to be a short one, but hang with us here. There's a lot to uncover. Okay. Uh, a A disturbing new AI app swaps women into porn videos with a click... I guess it does the same for men. Deep fake researchers have long feared this day would come. Uh, the article uh, wouldn't even name the site uh, for fear of giving it too much promotion. They yeah. just called it Why in the article. The tagline of the website proclaims its purpose, quote, turn anyone into a porn star by using deep fake technology 
to swap the person's face into an adult video. All it requires is the picture and the push of a button. Uh, research company Sensity AI estimates between 90 and 95% of all online deep fake videos are non-consensual porn. That's crazy. Uh, and around 90% of those feature women. Uh, there have been other single photo face swapping apps. You've probably seen them on Facebook called like Reface or Zao uh, that yeah. place users into selected scenes from Main Street movies or pop videos. I know you were in that uh, in that scene from uh, The Godfather recently with your face <laughs> on uh, Marlon Brando. Uh, but as the first... <laughs> but as the first dedicated pornographic sway- face swapping app, why takes this to a whole new level? The results are far from perfect. Many of the face swaps are obviously fake with the faces shimmering and distorting as they turn, diff- turn different angles. But for a casual observer, some are subtle enough to pass and the trajectory of deep fakes has already shown how quickly they can become indistinguishable from reality. Creepy, scary shit, but something HR is going to have to face at some point. Yeah, this is where, again, with technology, when we see things happening, whether it's there or not. So they just talked about then this is a great example. So they just talked about the tech not being that great because it was kind of glitchy and it wasn't like perfect. Well, it doesn't matter. We know where it's headed, right? We've got to stop that. Much like we were just talking about ATSs and robots picking uh, and not picking or kicking people and rejecting people, whether companies are using it in mass or not, we know the tech exists. Some companies are using it because they have to scale. We have to do something about it. To be able to sit back and say, well, it doesn't exist at broad base, so it's not a big deal. No, it's a big fucking deal. Sure. This is an issue. Uh, we need to take care of it. And I, I, any type of regulation we could put in place that actually says any deep fakes that are not of yourself uh, are illegal and could be punishable by law. Mm-hmm. That's what we should do. Yeah. I mean, the challenge is it's going to be cross-border. These sites are going to be hosted somewhere else. Like This is going to get pretty ugly. I'm ready to hit the pool. So, Which is uh, what we do here on Chad and Cheese. We prepare people <laughs> for creepy shit. Chad, enjoy Portugal. I know you're halfway to coming back home. I know your dogs miss you. Yeah. Yeah. And Applebee's and everybody else misses you. So <laughs> enjoy your final few weeks uh, in Portugal. And uh, I'll just be sitting here in my Midwestern abode, humble abode. Waiting for you to get back. But you'll be eating Applebee's so that you'll be one up on me. Dude, I got my Taco Bell subscription. I'm going out for a taco right now. See you there. We, we out. out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know, and yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses, and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! How much do you understand the future of finance? 
I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.